I'm Jessica and I am here with Shane and um, my husband and we, um, this episode is special. We're going to interview Marky and Carlos and talk, really it's more of a conversation about um, what happened in February and really before February and what God has done and what they've walked through over the past few years. This is a special episode of the podcast, and we want to put a disclaimer on it. Yeah, if you've if you've been listening to the podcast already, there's been a lot of dancing around what happened. Um, so if you have experienced loss and you're not ready to hear somebody else's story about loss, this episode is not for you. Wait until you're ready to listen to it. Uh, it's not easy to listen to uh, if you are. You have children listening along with you it's yeah. probably not a good idea for them yeah. to listen into this episode um but this is the story of of the tragedy in february so if you've been curious this is the time it's going to be longer yeah. than the normal episodes are so if you need to pause and come back to it feel free to do that uh, but this is the story All right, Marky, Carlos, um, why don't we start with you guys telling us about the kids? All right, um, Catherine was our oldest. Uh, she was born in April of 2014, um, and she was a mini me <laughs> to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, she was a leader, um, she was very strong willed. Um, but she understood things about Jesus that, that kids just do at that age. Yeah. Um, and it was just amazing to watch her grow and, and to explore those things and, and teach us things too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I guess I, well, I didn't really spend a lot of time with, with Catherine. Um, so, I mean, I got to see the, the loving side of her, but I did miss a lot of her, uh, first, if that makes any sense. So I didn't really get to see her character kind of build up. I was kind of absent-minded, if you want to say. So You want to talk about why you missed some of that? <laughs> uh, sure. So let's see, where do we start? I guess we could start right after we got married, right? Um, we bought a house. Everything was moving kind of quick. Um, we got married in October by December, we bought a house <laughs> and then like December 25th for Christmas, I think we slept on the floor in the living room. It, just, it was just, everything was moving fast. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess life got a little overwhelming. I didn't know it at first. Um, I didn't really realize it. I mean, I, I knew I had, uh, issues like we all do, uh, you know, anger, uh, rage, um, Never really bothered me before because I could, here I go, using the word, contain it. Um, <laughs> uh, I was very good at suppressing it and kind of uh, pushing it down and, and not expressing myself. Um, so that's what I did for, for what? I don't even know how long. So uh, Catherine was a toddler, maybe even a, a little pre-K kid, preschool. Um, and Caleb was not quite walking. So he must've been like six or seven months old. Yeah. Um, 
I remember Carlos called me over and he said, honey, like, I think, I think there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those were his exact words. Um, and when I asked him, he said, I think I'm depressed. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, when, when you, when you look at your life and this is for all the men out there, when you look at your life and the only thing you see is what you're doing, like your work, and that's what kind of defines you, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, especially if you have kids and, you know, and people ask you about your kids and, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know, yeah. you know, there's a problem. And I think at, at that time is when I started to kind of get overwhelmed with that. You know, it was, I was more worried about money and finances and, you know, as a man, take care of the family, take care of the kids, make sure you have everything you need. Which are all good things. Yes. Yeah. But, I'm not saying they're not, yeah. but it, it can't, it can't take up all your time. Yeah. You know, you need to spend time with your family. It's, it's an order. You have to have yeah. a proper order. Correct. Priorities. Yeah. So you didn't, you don't feel like you knew the kids or Catherine were on Catherine right now. No, I mean, I was, as much I as... was physically present. Yeah. Okay. Um, but emotionally I was not like, I, it's one of the things I kind of regret because I don't have a lot of memories of her as, as a baby. As a baby. You know, I have a, a few not many. Um, I'm, I don't have many of her. I mean, I don't remember much of her being one or two. Um, I, you know, I missed even Caleb, like Mar Marky said, the first year of Caleb. I mean, you would think, you know, first boy as a father, oh yeah, you know, all gung ho. And I was when he was born. And then you kind of get sucked back into that routine. And, uh, yeah, I mean that. I think that's where it, it wasn't that. That was the only thing that kind of made me realize it. But I, I was getting angry quicker. Mm. I was letting little things bother me, um, like crying. I was always arguing with Marky um, as far as like parenting. Always <laughs> disputing about you know how long we should let the kids cry and or, or whatnot. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It was it was a problem. You know, I it didn't feel right. I felt like I was just. I can't even say living. I was just existing. Existing. Yeah. You know, before, before people uh, and a lot of people start throwing stones at this point, you're such a horrible father. And that's yeah. not the case here. No, this is a clinical issue that you yeah. had. Um, and, and so there was a diagnosis at, at this point in the story, right? Where you, where you realize there's something wrong and you went and it said, so, well, yeah. so this is, this is my part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important that we talk about this guys too. Yeah. So, um, when Carlos told me that, um, we did reach out to a counseling service, to a Christian counseling service, um, because it's very important to us that when we create these foundations in our heads and in our hearts that we, that we start that with Jesus, like that is obviously True. the most important thing to us. True. Um, and so we reached out to a counseling service and we decided that uh, Carlos and I would go to counseling for however long it took. Yeah. Um, and we went to counseling together and you just, you just never know if, if the problem is, is something that needs to be worked through spiritually or, or emotionally, or if it is, um, if it is a chemical, a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. And so with, with mental health, it is like impossible to tell until you start working at it. Yeah. Um, I described it recently. You remember that movie Shrek? Yeah. Uh, ogres are like onions. So <laughs> I described it recently that, you know, mental health, it, I mean, health is, healing is holistic in general. Yeah. And so you don't know which part is next important. 
Right. Um, so we started with digging up some of the stuff of his past. I think mm-hmm. he shared before, like he wasn't allowed to cry. Mm-hmm. He wasn't allowed to talk about some of his emotions. Um, any of his emotions? No. <laughs> um, and so that helped to create an issue, but there was also a chemical imbalance. Um, so yeah. ultimately we went from the counselor to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, and we also drove two hours to go see a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and spent money out of pocket. I was going to say financial. Yeah. Financially. Yep. Because we wanted to see a Christian psychiatrist too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot fun. of, a lot of this, um, Carlos remembers doing it. Um, but I had to, to make the actions to make all this stuff happen. Yeah, yeah she gave me hard choices, <laughs> um, but they were they were they were good. You know, I I think I think what kind of made me realize that what she was doing was was for the best was that she, she would do it in a way that it was like uh, I'm not trying to hurt the family, but if you're not going to seek help, then I can't I can't be around it. You know, and um, I don't blame her. You know, we had two kids. Uh, I think we were both working full time, if I remember correctly, with Caleb, I, right? I'm pretty sure you were. Yes. Yeah. Was. You know, I I agreed with her with the the counselor at first. It was a marriage counselor, so like I said, it started out with just arguing between us back and forth. Yeah. Um, he dug up my past, and uh, you know, I found out I had uh, just like anybody else a very troubled past, um, very old school upbringing. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, my father grew up on a farm, you know, born in the fifties. What do you expect? You know? Um, but, uh, I had to, and this was the hard part. I had to realize that everything that I saw growing up that I thought was normal was not, Hmm. and that I was wrong. Right. Hmm. Um, and for a man to accept that, everything <laughs> mm-hmm. he learned was wrong. It's pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, so we saw the the counselor for years, actually what, like three years, two years or, or something before we went to a psychiatrist. <laughs> but yeah, the psychiatrist, she was a great psychiatrist. Like she said, we went two hours. I think it was like every month, wasn't it? I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't even know if that's super important to the story, Okay. but what I do know is it took us a lot of time to figure out what medication yeah. was going to be effective for you. Yeah. Um, and so I two think that, that is very important too, because we spent two years yeah. um, just trial and error because um, that's, that's all you can do with depression. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. with any mental health, really. Yeah. They do. They do have like gene testing, which I found out late, way later. Yeah. That's not always effective it's, it's either. N- well, it's not always accurate because it all also depends on your current state. You know, like your, for example, like uh, I did the testing. The medicine I'm on now is Wilbutrin. Um, been on it for years, but when I took the testing, they told me that that medicine wasn't good for me because my body processes it quickly. So I would have to take a lot of it in order so it to keep took, it. Like she said, it took some time <laughs> yeah. to get you on the right yeah. and, medication, and that was annoying. Because yeah, sure. I mean, you are pretty much a guinea pig. Yeah, you know. Testing out the different levels. Yeah. 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 And meanwhile, we have these beautiful children. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking two years later now. So we've yeah. got Catherine, which we already talked about, and Caleb, mm-hmm. 
who was Carlos's mini me. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Caleb. Ah, Caleb. Uh, what can I say? I mean, he had had a big heart. He looked exactly like me. Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He was beautiful. Yes, he was. He was very handsome. But um, I think Shane just called you beautiful. He did. That's awesome. You're sexy. Yeah. Right. Oh thank my you. gosh! Right. I'm secure in saying thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was funny. You know, he liked uh, he liked to have a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know. He just had a really good heart. Um, he was when I say a mini me, he was a mini me. Like the kid, he wasn't fat or chubby but he was heavy <laughs> you know so i'm thinking he was like th thick boned or something you know you know what popped boned. up on my <laughs> yeah. you know what popped up on my facebook recently What's just that? a few days ago it popped up on my facebook um a picture of Catherine and caleb when caleb was like probably five or six months old and the caption said it happened yesterday we knew it were gonna was gonna happen they're the same weight yeah exactly <laughs> yep Catherine was itty bitty yeah. and caleb was a big boy always, right. so always had been yeah. um and so by this point now we're talking we've been fighting with this for a while now we have another little one yeah, yeah. um now we have christian um and christian i mean where did that child come from yeah Shit. so when he came I was a little skeptical. <laughs> um, I mean, I know I trusted Marky and everything, but come on. Like, I, I have a lot, you know, I'm, I'm Latin descent, you know, brown, what is it, black hair, brown eyes, light skin for the most part. But when when Christian came out and he was like, what, blonde, I, well, blue I think eyes? it's important to note that I'm Italian. Yes. And so I have brown hair exactly. and brown eyes because yeah. they can't see yeah. us. Yeah. So then Christian comes with red hair yeah. and blue, blue eyes. eyes and like pale white skin <laughs> and i'm just like hold on a second this this isn't making sense but yeah um, i mean for the record my grandmother had strawberry yeah, blonde hair yeah. and blue eyes so that makes sense, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. um so we had four beautiful kids yeah. um and, and just to continue talking about them for a minute christian yeah, um he was just so special. I mean, yeah. they all were, yeah. um, but Christian was just different than the others. Mm -hmm. Um, Caleb was all boy and Christian was like, nah, I want to play with my sister. Yeah. Like he would come out with, with her nail polish. She had like painted his nails. <laughs> um, heels. Yeah. Heels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was also really good at manipulative, uh, at manipulative solutions. Yes, oh was. yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Like the rule was if you don't eat your dinner, you go to bed. So he'd take one look at the stuff on his plate, decide he didn't like it, and be like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> like Pisa, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was Christian. Yep. He was a jokester, too. Yes. But what's interesting to me is things got a little bit better after mm. Christian for a while. Mm. Um, and so it seems like every time we had a major life change, yeah. Carlos would struggle again. The depression would start rearing its ugly head. And isn't that just like the devil? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like their life is so beautiful. Let's yeah. attack them more. And uh, I'm sorry. And I, okay. I think for me, it was, uh, I was also diagnosed with anxiety at that time. So I was major depressive or depression. I had anxiety and I was seeing a counselor still, <laughs> you know? So there was a lot that was going on with me and to add another child it's just like, wait, what? Now I'm going, now I'm, the anxiety's kicking in with, am I, I making enough money? You know, am I making enough money? Are we going to be able to, to do this? And, uh, because that's on the guy's shoulders because yeah. that's how it works. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
um, you guys are wired to mm -hmm. make sure that uh, that you bring home the bacon. Right. For the record, I love bacon. <laughs> For the record, I bring home the veggies right now. Yes. <laughs> this is true. Not the bacon. So things got... We, we did eventually work through it. We have an amazing, yeah. amazing counselor. Yeah. And uh, we did eventually, with the medicine, I think the Wellbutrin change was before Casper was born, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we found the right med. We're still seeing a counselor. Um, we're, we're, things were finally getting a little bit better after Christian. And then we end up pregnant again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Surprise. I, both, the youngest two were both surprises. Yeah. Um, and so we end up pregnant again. Um, and I mean, we're excited, mm -hmm. but he was about, I don't remember if you were looking for a job or you'd found one that didn't include benefits. And all of a sudden we realized that we'd have to, we'd have to change that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he'd have to find one that yeah. had benefits because mm -hmm. we were already pregnant at that time. Um, and so again, the weight of that stress was on his shoulders. Yeah. yeah. For a while I was working two, two full-time jobs. That was when. Catherine, Catherine was, was born. Yeah. yeah. Two yeah. full-time jobs. I had four hours of sleep in between. And your wife packed you lots of good meals. I'm Very, just saying. Yes, she <laughs> did. But I mean, to give you guys an idea, you know, I would literally Sunday night I, was the last time I would see them. And then I wouldn't see them yep. again until Thursday night. Right. You know, yep. work, work, work. Yeah. He'd, he'd sleep at his mom's house for three hours in between the two jobs. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so this is, this is when, now this is when Casper's coming along. Well, well, that not, was Catherine. Not quite. Yeah. Catherine. That was Catherine. Okay, so yeah, Casper. We're, we're kind of jumping around. You are jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, Casper, I think I was at so, Nestle. I, I think I was just starting at Nestle, so I was excited because I, it was more money, uh, and uh, benefits. Benefits, yeah. but I was also getting over the loss of my previous job because it was where I was for what was it four years. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew a lot of people. You know, I had a lot of friends. And uh, it was hard. Uh, it was my own fault, but it was hard. Um, so again, life changes, you know. And, and so when he says his own fault, this is a lot of this is still depression related. Mm -hmm. yeah. So even though he's doing better, I remember that I had to wake him up like every morning. Yeah. Um, and we just got to a point where I'd wake him up and he wouldn't get up, mm -hmm. and so I'd wake him up again and he wouldn't get up. Um, it's, it's very depression related. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we'd get to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to raise three kids, work a full-time job, manage a house. I can't be his mom and alarm clock too. Yeah. And, and he didn't want me to be his mom clearly. Cause he would get annoyed <laughs> at the fact that I was waking him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but eventually I stopped waking him up and, um, he ended up losing his job for, for tardiness, tardy. <laughs> for tardiness. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how so much of what happens to us when we're younger compounds until we don't know where that, where that part of us stops and, and the new part of us starts. Um, and it eventually just gets to a place where you can't push it down anymore and it explodes all over the place. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's pretty much what happened. And now we're diligently trying to work at it. But he doesn't have the skills that he needs to work at it. Yeah. And we're going to counseling yeah. weekly to get those skills. We're going to the psychiatrist. But it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And there was a major piece that he had to learn that he didn't learn until October of 2019, 2019 right? Or Before Casper? Mm -hmm. Right around Casper. 
Because he was December, correct? Yeah, yeah it was December. Uh, where I guess, where are you heading with this? Uh, when you <laughs> lost your job and ended up Oh, that would have been September. September okay. 2020, I think, actually. Okay. Casper was already born. Okay. Um, yeah, I lost my job. Again, my own fault at Nestle. Um, and I hit, I hit rock bottom. Um, you would think that with a family and everything that God provided for you, you'd be happy and you'd want to, uh, you'd want to, uh, live, live. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so focused on work and so focused on the fact that what I did, what my title was, defined who I was. And when I lost that job, um, you know, I lost Marky. Marky left, uh, rightfully, because like she said, I wasn't, mentally I wasn't around. By then I was, when I would shut down for, mentally I'd shut down for days, you know, um, so now here we are, she's trying to take care of four kids, uh, manage a house, plus work full time, and honestly, take care of me as well, because I couldn't take care of myself. And uh, when I lost that job, um, I hit rock bottom. You know, I, uh, there were days I didn't want to get out of bed. Um, there were days that I went to work just because I had to go to work. Um, I didn't enjoy my job anymore. Um, when I came home, I didn't enjoy being home anymore. Um, so all I did was go to sleep. I would sleep. Um, and at one point when Marky, when I woke up and Marky and the kids weren't there, I felt like I was defeated. Right. You know, I felt like, you know what? I screwed up big time. You know, not only did I lose my job, I lost who I am. I lost my wife. I lost my kids. And, uh, I remember going to sit uh, in front of our fireplace and uh, and I don't know why you know I had a, a, a knife and um, I had the knife in my hand and just the thought came to me just you know cut your wrists you know um, and you can end all of it and uh it's crazy how God works because as I'm thinking this, the pets that we had, <laughs> Rascal. I mean, the cat. The cat. Right? He. I. I had a. I had a pretty good relationship with Rascal, and uh, <laughs> and uh, if anyone can have a relationship yeah, with a cat, <laughs> I, I had a pretty good one. I mean, he used to bring me dead dead animals. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was and. Um, he came up to me. I was pretty much on the floor. I'm not on the floor, on the couch, just defeated, hands down, knife in my hand, just looking at my wrists. Um, and uh, I said, God, I'm like, uh, if this isn't what, what I'm supposed to do, then show me. And I didn't even finish saying that. And Rascal just kind of shows up out of nowhere, hops on the couch and just sits in my lap. Hmm. Um, and I started to cry. Yeah. I started to pet him, and uh, I was crying. So eventually, I kind of put the knife down. I laid down, and he literally put me to sleep. Um, not like 
obviously not killing me, but right, right. because I was petting him and everything, I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up. I didn't want to deal with life. So I went downstairs to our bedroom and I slept. And Marky found me the next day in bed. Um, I think it was a Saturday. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's important to know here too, that uh, like for those of you who are supporting a person who's going through depression, um, you know, we can love them the best that we can. And we are not saying that our story should be your story um, because we fought together for years before I, before I did leave that house. Um, And that was just because I needed to take care of the kids um, because they are obviously our future. And so we wanted to make sure that they were taken care of. Um, But saying that I don't want anybody listening to think that that has to be their story Mm -hmm. um, because clearly that was a decision that was to date one of the hardest decisions of my life, possibly even the hardest decision, but some of them we've had to make recently have been pretty hard, pretty rough. So, um, but yeah. Um, so all, all the kids and I ever wanted was for, for Carlos to get well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it really wasn't his fault. And to be clear, the fact that he's sharing this now, like I could cry. It's huge. Um, yeah. I'm just so darn proud of him. Yeah. So darn proud of him. Um, anyway, so to continue on from where he left off, I did find him that morning. Um, and I, I told him that, uh, I did call for some help, like to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him if he didn't let me take him to the hospital, that I was going to have to come back on Monday with the police and uh, for, make, yeah, whatever it is, 402 it's or a something. 302. 302, 302. Um, so, but what was really cool about that place is when you hit rock bottom, God is there. Yeah. yeah. God is absolutely there. And what we didn't know is that Carlos needed to learn how, uh, how to make, how to, how to figure out what was within his power to decide and what was, what was needed from the medication. Yeah. 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 Um, so pretty much, yeah, uh, exactly what she said. She gave me the option. <laughs> um, and I remember, you know, kind of being in bed and just saying, you know what, what, what do you have to lose? You know, either you go today or you're going tomorrow. So, so I just said, okay. And I got up, got in the car and she took me to the hospital and pretty much dropped me off. <laughs> I did uh-huh. not just drop you off. <laughs> See, this is the part that yeah. you would not remember. No. I sat, was... listen. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's good we're having listen. this conversation for everybody maybe, maybe on Facebook. So, <laughs> so I was there with you until they told me I could not be there anymore. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, honestly, I don't even remember. I, the only thing I remember from after that is that it took uh, the hospital like a couple of days for them to find me somewhere to go to get help. So I was being moved from room to room. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, um, there was actually a point where like they'd ask us questions, uh, mm-hmm. but they knew that he'd answer more readily if I wasn't in the room, or at least that's my assumption. Mm-hmm. And um, so they kicked me out of the room. Yeah. 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 So you were probably <laughs> answering for him. I wasn't no. actually. I was no, no, I was yeah. not. Yeah. I was trying to let him do it. Yeah. Um, but there's no way for them to know the relationship between the husband and wife. Yeah. And so there's no way to know why he's suffering the way he's suffering. So the only way to, to cancel out all these extra variables is to remove the variables. Yeah. Can you say that was a pivotal point in, well, yeah. in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at that point, um, I, I had nothing, to, I had nothing 
to lose. You know, I already lost. And I, I'm saying I lost my kids because in my head, that's what it felt like. I didn't lose them. Marky didn't divorce me. We didn't go our separate ways or, or anything like that. But the fact that I, when I come got home, they weren't there. To me, I was like, my marriage is over. I've yeah. lost. You know, what do I have to lose? Um, so, yeah, it was very pivotal for me because the whole time through this, the, the, the tough choices that Marky was making, I was never angry at her for it because I understood the reasoning behind it. Yeah. I didn't like the choice. You know, I didn't want that to be the choice, but I understood it. And I think that that kind of made things worse because although I, I knew what was going on, I didn't know how to fix it. Right. So, so I, like I had no control over anything that that's what it felt like. So when this happened, um, for the first time I felt like, okay, they're asking, they're asking me questions. So somebody, they care about what I am feeling. Um, and, uh, as selfish as that sounds, it, it starts to build a little confidence in yourself again because you start to feel like you're in control a little bit. I mean, let's be honest, at the hospital, you're not. <laughs> yeah. But but you start to feel like it because now you're having conversations. And, um, yeah, I mean, I got along with a lot of the nurses. Um, they, they couldn't understand, again, why, why I was so depressed because they knew we had, you know, four kids and – I had a wife and everything. And but it was, it was literally a chemical. Well, they didn't know that there yet. They didn't know that. At that no. Point. Well, and two, he was on the medicine at this time. Yeah. Um, but so what happens with depression is you decide, well, with a lot of mental health, really, you decide, oh, I'm feeling better. So I, I don't need, need to this. Take it. Yeah. yeah. And stop. yeah. And the thing with the medicine is whether or not you are, uh, you think you need it, you, you need it. <laughs> you have to be consistent. Yeah. Because if, uh, if you're not consistent with it, you don't know if it's actually working or not. And that was part of the dilemma. So I'm thinking then, um, what do you think it was in the hospital that really helped you to know what it was that you had to do? Well, I, I think it was more that I knew that I was in, 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 um, safe hands. I knew that I couldn't hurt myself or I couldn't hurt you. Um, I knew that for once in my life, I didn't have to make choices. I was going to be told what to do. Um, so I knew like that, that kind of comforted me. It kind of relieved a little stress um, because with everything else, I felt that's what it was. I felt so overwhelmed with life that I didn't know which way to go. That's what it was. That 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 was the anxiety. I didn't know which way to go. I didn't know if what I was doing was right. I didn't know, you know, can I keep this up? You know, stuff like that. Um, so once I got into the hospital, the nurses kept telling me, uh, and and this is I think this is what helped. Um, the nurses kept telling me like, hey, leave the outside world, outside. Don't worry about anything out there. Don't worry about your bills. Don't worry about your wife. Don't worry about anything. You need to focus on yourself. Every day they told me that. And um, and that kind of helped, you know, because I didn't have those burdens then on, on me. Now, granted, I knew that once I got out, it was going to be a hard 
the wake up call <laughs> again. But you know, um, I, th- when I spent what twelve days, I think, in there. Um, they obviously they ask you what kind of medication you're on. You tell them, um, and then they kind of tweak it. They have psychiatrists on site, and they kind of see how you react or and stuff like that. And uh, they pretty much tweaked it. They got they got me off of the anxiety pills. Um, they uh, put me on the Wellbutrin with a higher dosage, and uh, they gave me just a, a couple of sleeping pills because I was having trouble sleeping. Um, but which, by the way, sleeping does if you don't sleep that does uh, contribute to depression. Sleep is huge. Yeah. Sleep is huge. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I was getting the help I needed physically, um, and I could feel that because I wasn't feeling depressed. I was more now dealing with my emotions, which now that was different for me because now I'm in a public place in, like, group therapy, and I don't like talking to people, <laughs> especially when it comes to those emotional things. Yeah. I was going to say, really, to date, had you ever dealt with your emotions before? No. Well, you had never been in a place where you could handle your emotions on top of everything else. Correct. Well, I mean, as a kid, he didn't learn how no. to, to deal Process with these emotions, deal period. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, he's an adult, and he has four kids and a wife and bills and a job and a house. And he has to somehow figure out how to do all of that, plus learn how to process emotions. Right. Yeah. Um, that's why we learn this stuff when we're kids, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, and, and so just taking him out of the environment, like he said, and mm-hmm. being able to focus on just himself inside the hospital, he was able to not only correct the medicine, make the mm-hmm. medicine right, um, but he was also able to learn how to deal with those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So this was September, you said September, October, September. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of 2020. 20. So Christian or Casper, so Casper was already already here. born. Yeah. So, so Catherine was your mini. Yes. Marky and Kayla was your mini. Mm-hmm. And then we have, I'm calling him the wild card. Christian. Christian. Yeah. <laughs> he was wild. <laughs> the wild card. Yes. Um, so Casper, talk to me a little bit about him. Casper, you know, Casper was, I mean, the, one of the biggest things that I can that I can think of, first of all, he was a quarantine baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you realize the dates that we just talked about, we entered quarantine right after the beginning of Casper's life. Casper yeah. was born in December of 2019. Quarantine started in March of 2020. It did. And so he was a little bit less social than the other kids. Yeah. Um, and yet, at the same time that he was less social with everybody else, he was our first full sentence talker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he started talking, there was no getting him to stop. I love it. <laughs> And as much as Catherine was our leader and, and potentially may have been like a pastor someday, yes. um, Casper was the only one of the four of them that I was like, oh, there's musical talent there. I got super excited. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a dancer too. He, he uh, had rhythm. Yes, he did. That was the Latin out of Frank Sinatra. Listen, <laughs> your wife is a little musical too. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, mean, he wasn't even two years old, no. and we have this video of him dancing in the hallway of yeah. of church to yeah. uh, thrive to thrive, yeah. and he's he's stepping to the beat. Yeah, I'm like, I finally got one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this was so important to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We we nicknamed him Squishy. Yeah, yes. he's my Squishy. That was me. He yeah. he was my Shush and my Squish, and yeah. um, yeah, he he said Aunt Jess. 
Mm -hmm. I remember that. So he, I, he said it way before any of the others that before Christian said yeah. the name mm -hmm. at, at the age wise. Yeah. So he was a talker. He yeah. really was. He really Absolutely. was a talker. Um, I know you guys um, said counseling and you guys, did you go to marriage counseling? At Is that first. something you so, went to? Well, so that's a little bit complicated. Okay. Um, because we've seen the same counselor since we started. Okay. Through, through everything. Through everything. <laughs> okay. Um, and so he's technically a marriage counselor and like a general practitioner. Um, but Christian counselor. Yes. yes. Okay. But he's amazing. And so yes, yes. every time he, every time he tries to find somebody else for us, we're like, no, thank no, you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, uh, and there, there are other really awesome counselors. Yes. Uh, we have, I have seen one other one since, and she was really great too. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's, so really it started off as an, and he also is like, like a, a depression, depression counselor as well. Yes. And so the reason that dynamic worked is because he was able to help me understand how Carlos could see the stuff right. because as, as much as I'm saying now, like I'm so proud of him, mm -hmm. I didn't understand then mm -hmm. to the degree that I understand now, like, why isn't he just making a choice to do better? Yeah. Um, now I was never, it was never as bad as people who think that mental health doesn't exist yeah. because it's all over my family. Um, but I just didn't understand why he couldn't just make the decisions that needed to be made to get him the help that he needed. Yeah. I was okay with him needing help. Yeah. I just didn't understand why he couldn't make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what your role was in that. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, guessing that your counselor really guided you. Both of us. Yeah. yeah. So he was able to help me understand my role. Like, yeah. no, you can't continue to wake him up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if he said that or not, to yeah. be honest, but, yeah. but, um, like that's not your job. You're his wife. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so he was able to help both of us, mm -hmm. him with the depression and figuring out how to process feelings mm -hmm. and me with how to help him and also help us with our marriage in mm -hmm. general. Because those are hard things to be walking through. Yeah. yeah, completely, completely hard things. And with four kids, four little kids, mm -hmm. um, walking through that, I can't even like just walking through it can be hard. So did you have any other support? Yes. So my parents were completely irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. um, my dad would show the kids how to do things with like a, a, a screw gun, like the, the drill, and they'd be screwing up sheets of plywood <laughs> and drywall and spackling the walls and painting. Um, I have pictures of that him taking them for rides on the, on the lawn tractor. Um, and just he really stepped in to help out and, and be that male figure in their life. Mm -hmm. But I think what was really cool is my dad was never like, I want to take over Carlos's job. That mm -hmm. was never what he tried to do. No. Um, and so that was really cool too. Um, and then my mom, my mom was able to help with a whole bunch of creative, creative stuff. Like there, there was nobody that could figure out something at the drop of a hat. Like she could like treasure hunts and tea parties and let's go here and do this. And it was all with almost no money. Yeah. And so what happened is, um, when he, he said that, that we had left for a while when Casper was first born, I moved in to my parents' house with all four kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that would have been, right after Casper was born in January of, of 2020. Um, and then the following year we had, I, we had decided together, Carlos and I had decided together to homeschool Catherine. And so we needed to know what school district she'd be in for that homeschooling. 
Um, and so it was important that we made that decision. And so that is when the kids and I ended up moving. Well, the kids, my parents and I ended up moving back up to our house. And that would have been right at this time where he's just getting out of the hospital. Um, I was actually headed up to the house to prepare the house uh, for the kids and I going back up there, which is when I found him. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, my parents moved back up there with us. Um, We couldn't have done any of it without them. Yeah, they were, they were just um, amazing people and always there, not just for you guys, but for anybody. Um, They would show up at the drop of the hat. Um, 1-800-CALL-DAD. Yeah. (laughs) I said the other day, I said, I never had to worry about this stuff before because I just pick up the phone and be like, 1-800-CALL-DAD. And I was like, and it wasn't even just for me. It was my, when my friends needed help too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know that he helped us. They did quite a few times actually. Yeah. And they were um, Pennsylvania grandparents to our kids and just um, showed up and threw, you know, destiny, my daughter, a surprise party for her birthday and, and just made all kinds of presents. Um, they were just amazing and, and, and helpful to everybody who was around anybody and everybody that needed anything. They were there. That's who they were. Yeah. That's who they were. Um, but like I said, I think it's important to understand that they were, they were never trying to, um, to, to take that from Carlos. No. Yeah. All right. So Thanksgiving. um... Yep. So COVID hit our house for the first time in November of 2020. Um, Carlos's mom went into the hospital. um, November 8th. November 8th. He remembers the date. I'm not surprised. She went into the hospital on November 8th um, and she wasn't doing well. Um, And then all of a sudden it looked like she was doing a little bit better. Um, but then Carlos ended up with COVID as well. And so the really hard part is he went into the hospital the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it's Wednesday night um, and I'm sending a friend a message. Hey, his, his O2 stats are this. And she's like, get him to the hospital. Um, so then he goes into the hospital and now his mom and him are in the same mm-hmm. hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got to visit with each other one time in the hospital. Nope. Oh, I thought that you had. Nope. Sorry. It's okay. Um, But what kills me is we never got a Thanksgiving with everybody. And so Casper was born in 2019, December of 2019. And our very first Thanksgiving, his very first Thanksgiving. um, I wasn't there. He wasn't there. His mom wasn't there. And we'd never get to have that. Um, You know, at the beginning of December, December 3rd, I believe it was, it was a Wednesday night. Carlos was released from the hospital and he went back to his brother's house um, because he was doing better. And his mom had been doing better. Um, You know, in talking to a sister recently, uh, it was, it was a clot, I believe. And then all of a sudden she took a turn for the worse. December 5th. So here it is. December 5th, the middle of the night. Um, And Carlos is not allowed back into the hospital to say goodbye to his mom. And I can't be with Carlos because he's quarantined. And so he's losing his mom and I'm walking my husband through the loss of his mom over the phone. All the while trying not to wake Catherine up because I was sleeping in the same room as her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shaking my head. That's, I mean, 
a lot of people experience similar things in yeah. that, that time. So we don't want to discount anybody else's mm -hmm. experience as well during that. That's unimaginable. I mean, we did, fortunately didn't have to go through that personally. Um, but for anybody else who lost loved yeah. ones like that, I, I can only imagine the pain of having to endure that. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's not even just the pain at the time. It's like, honestly, for me, it's, it's, it's something that, I have to live with, you know, that I never really got to see my mom pass. Um, yeah, I supposedly I spoke to her. Um, I believe I spoke to her. My my siblings say that she never said a word to me, but I I swear I heard her tell me goodbye and Listen, that she loved me. So. Honestly, <laughs> That's it, does, it, <laughs> you know? it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you but, heard um, it, you heard it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it was tough. Um, like Marky said, and, and, and it, it was quick, you know, I was released the third. She was, she was set to be released Friday, just two days later. And, uh, you know, uh, my brother gets a phone call from my sister. Uh, doesn't tell me what it is, obviously, because I was released from the hospital, but I was on oxygen. I wasn't a hundred percent. They just needed room because everybody else. Yeah. So they were like, look, we'll release you. Stay on oxygen. If anything you know, if your oxygen falls or, or, or changes, come, you know, come back. So, you know, I was at, I was at my brother's and, uh, he, he, uh, he tell, he comes out, he comes down and he says, Hey, I got to go to the hospital. We're going to check in on mom. And I go, okay, just let me know. Let me know what's going on. Because all I knew was at that time that she just wasn't doing well. I didn't know what was going on. And, um, by the time he gets to the hospital, he calls me up. It's like a 20-minute drive. He calls me up like 30 minutes later and pretty much says, hey, mom doesn't have a lot of time left. She's she's going to go. And and I said, what? You know, because I'm like, just two hours ago, she was perfectly fine. Like, what are you talking about? And she goes, no, <laughs> her oxygen level kept dropping um, when, when he uh, – when he got the phone call from my sister, I think her oxygen levels were at 80, which is still dangerous. Um, when he got to the hospital, it was at 50. Um, and when I, when he gave me the phone, the phone, or put the phone to her ear, she was at 30% oxygen. Uh, they were barely keeping her alive, uh, pretty much just, just so that we could say goodbye. Wow. And, um, in two hours, man, that was, it was, it was done, you know, nothing, not, nothing I could do. I couldn't see, I, I didn't see anything. Um, but I have to live with that, you know? Um, so I don't know, you know, my, my brother says she went peacefully. I'm, I'm guessing she did because I, I would assume that if, if you, and the reason I'm going to say I, I assume is because my oxygen levels were dropping when I first got COVID. Um, I was below 90. I think I was at like like high eighties, which is, is, it's also dangerous, but you don't feel it. You know, you still feel like you're fine. You still feel like well, I'm functioning. I'm alive. You don't feel it. You don't know that you're slowly dying. <laughs> um, so I know that she probably didn't feel any pain whatsoever. Um, and for her, it was probably just f falling asleep, yeah. you know? Um, but I didn't get to see any of that, you know? Um, you know, we didn't have a funeral, of covid you know um we didn't want to deal with it we didn't want to push it out so we got my mom cremated so i never got to see her her body at all um and uh 
There was nothing I could do about that. Did that processing everything over the phone with Marky and over the phone, even with your mom, mm -hmm. did that do anything to shift your perspective? Did you shift your perspective after that loss? I know loss sometimes can take. So yes. Um, after I lost my mom, um, I started to appreciate time. See the one thing my mom <laughs> always used to tell us, my mom was that type of person that, uh, she honestly didn't think she was going to make it to the 2000s. Um, she used to tell us growing up that she wouldn't make it because she had diabetes since she was a teen, and she wasn't wasn't interested in keeping it under control. She was on a pump and everything, and um, she uh, she would tell me locally, you know, uh, when I'm gone, you're gonna wish you had you spent time with me, and you know. You, as a kid, you think <laughs> guilt. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as as a teenager or as a young per, uh, adult, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, mom. You still got like 50 years. Right? You know, we have time. <laughs> you don't, man. You don't know. You just don't know. And um, when when she passed, uh, I, I started to read the Bible more. I was praying more. I was already doing that because of the depression, um, but I kind of dove into it more. Yeah, and. Um, and I think that's what also made me realize, like, hey, yeah, I lost my mom. I know where she's at. You know, I'm okay with that. She she had, she had lived a life. You know, she was 63 years old, I think. But then it hit me, like, bro, you just spent, what, four years of your life trying to get better, and you missed all that time with your kids. And here you are trying to recover, still going through the same thing. Like, time doesn't stop. It keep, You know, it keeps on going. And that's what I think is amazing because here the devil is like working through all this COVID stuff and trying to mess with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and Carlos is, is had just got out of his all time lowest. Right. Mm -hmm. And then God's like, listen, <laughs> if you're going to throw all this crap their way, like I'm going to help him with a perspective change. Yeah. And so here is the beginning of better. Yeah. It's awful to say because we'd never want to pay the price that we paid for the beginning of better, but it was the beginning of better. Yeah. So the hospital gave him the tools that he needed to be able to, to work with it. Yeah. And then his perspective changed with his mom. Yeah. Um, and then if we fast forward now almost another year, but not quite yeah. um, to November of 2021, um, COVID hit our house for the second time. <laughs> um I got home from shopping and things weren't right. And um, I went downstairs to try to reset the Wi-Fi, and I found my dad. Um, and the coroner said it was a heart attack, um, but he was only 54. And two days later, my mom and I are developing allergy symptoms. You can't see me use air quotes with my hands, allergy symptoms. And two days after that, we both test positive for COVID. So the chances of COVID not having been what killed my dad as well are, are, are very small in, in my mind. Um, and so Carlos is already getting better. He ends up getting a job at a place outside in, in May um, before my dad died. Um, and so he's working on his health. He's getting better mentally. He's getting better physically. Um, and his perspectives changed with his mom. And now he gets a, another perspective adjustment with my dad, with losing my dad. Um, and I mean, I think he was already almost there <laughs> with the perspective, but that was just like the last one, like, 
hey, we just lost two people in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Thanksgiving. Yeah. That year. Thanksgiving that year was awful mm-hmm. because, again, we had to spend Thanksgiving without Carlos because now we're the ones With that COVID. are in quarantine for COVID. Um, he brought me fajitas, my all-time favorite food <laughs> ever. Can I tell you that I couldn't eat them because they tasted like oh. spicy hand sanitizer? Oh. That is the best description that I had. That's and I was awful. so – see, that was that was the tipping point for me. <laughs> Get fajitas. That's why the we fajitas. hate COVID because it takes our taste buds away. Now, now, mind you, I got the fajitas, the fajitas. from her favorite place. Oh, no. <laughs> he went out of his way to try to make it a little bit better for us, and they tasted like spicy hand sanitizer. Oh, I was so man. mad. So mad. <laughs> um, but so here we are trying to make Thanksgiving for these four kids. My mom and I are trying to make Thanksgiving for these four kids without their dad because well, we're just, in quarantine. Yeah. And she just lost her husband and yeah. I just lost my dad. And those kids lost their grandpa. And their kids. And their grandma. Yes. Yeah. And not they can't really go and do anything yeah. because we're all stuck inside yeah. the house sick. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a fun Thanksgiving. You know, we have amazing people that surround us, right? That was one of the things that made it better. I think you guys actually made a trip up to our house with some with some groceries, one of those situations. <laughs> we did. And there was some coffee. There um, was. Other friends, we have the tradition of getting our Christmas tree the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So other friends actually went to the same tree farm that we always get it from, and they picked out a tree, and they had them drill the hole, and they delivered it in a Santa costume for us. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, So Catherine, at this point, she would have been been seven. Seven. It was hysterical because my mom's like, what if she recognizes him? And I'm like, she's not going to recognize him. (laughs) And she's like... She, she says his name, and I'm like, darn it. Yep. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> She's yeah. so I'm like, smart. Darn it. I'm like, you need to not say this in front of your brothers. Like, let them have the magic for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we went from a hard Thanksgiving into a hard Christmas. Um, and because of how susceptible Carlos is, he nearly died in that hospital as well. Yeah. And so we were a little bit extra careful with how quickly we um, – responded how quickly we left him back into our space yeah that makes sense um simply because honestly with kids half the time you don't know when they have it or not Mm -hmm. because they don't have symptoms as bad and the only child that we knew for sure had it was Catherine because she couldn't smell anything either yeah i walked around with one of casper's stinky diapers and shoved it in everybody's (laughs) nose (laughs) and the only one that didn't respond was Catherine. (laughs) that's Um, great yeah that's great so um yeah. So Christmas Eve yeah. was the first time that we were all together again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, Christmas, then we did the best that we could mm-hmm. um, without, without my dad there. And, yeah. and we had a, we had a good Christmas um, as, as good as you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we fast forward a little bit and now I'm realizing that my kids' hearts, right. Our kids' hearts, they haven't really healed um, they, they, they lost their Mimi mm-hmm. yeah. and then they lost their Pappy, um, you know, 11 months later Yeah, and their Pappy lived with them at that time. Mm-hmm. So he was their second dad. Yeah. So they've gone through all of this loss and guys like Christian was potty trained twice and then unpotty trained twice. He was potty trained before Mimi died. And then he, and then he, he just, regressed. he stopped, he regressed. Yeah. Um, and then we finally potty trained him again and my dad dies. Mm. 
And so he regressed again. We're getting ready to put him in pre-K and he's still wearing pull-ups. It was so hard. So that was at the point where I was like, they need to see a counselor too. Like they need help. They need help. Yeah. Yeah. With all the loss, was there any shift in the relationship? Was was Carlos going to be able to come back home at that point? So that was the beautiful thing, right? So again, I said, with my dad, having lost my dad, like that was the final, that was the final shift, but that was only a slight one. Mm -hmm. And we were ready to put up drywall in the last room downstairs so that my mom could move into that room and and Carlos and I could have the master again. That was the plan. That was the plan, you know, probably in November, probably before my dad died, he was getting a lot better. Um, So that was the plan. Um, The only thing, well, besides the room, um, the the place I was working at, I told them that I would stay there till May. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I couldn't really leave until May, um, but that was the plan. It was come May, I was going to renegotiate the terms, go back home, be with Marky and the kids. And and in the meantime, we were going to finish that room. Yeah. Um, but then none of that happened. Nope. So New Year's, you guys got to spend time together yes. as yes. a family. New Year's was the last holiday that we had with our remaining family. Um, so my mom, Carlos, and all four kids and I. Um, and I mean, there was, there was still a lot of fun that day, you know, it's, it's hard, but, but we still have to live. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, we're going to talk about February. Yep. Here we go. Um, all right. So on February 9th, um, I got a phone call from Carlos. Um, I was already at work. Um, and he just said, honey, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't get up. Um, it turns out he had vertigo. Uh, he's never had vertigo before. And so we didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I left work. I took him to care now. And, uh, I was told, well, the doctor there said, um, he needs to be monitored because most of the time vertigo is just an imbalance of, of the little bones or crystals or whatever it is going on in your ears. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is most of the time. Um, But there could also be a brain problem. And so they need to know if things get worse or don't get better. Mm -hmm. And so somebody needs to be with them. Now he's living at that point, he was living at the job he was working at, at the apartment. And so he needed somebody to be with him. He couldn't even make it to the bathroom on his own. No. And so once we learned that this was, was what was going on and what was needed, um, we picked Krishna up from preschool. We took him home. Um, we stopped at the chiropractor on the way, um, because that definitely was helping with the vertigo. Um, and we said, see you later. You know, we said, see you later to our four beautiful children and, and my mom. And we got in the car And we went back to his apartment at his job and I nursed him for 36 hours. I made sure he had what he needed to eat. I made sure he had helped to get to the bathroom, all of those things. Um, And the following day, he was doing much better, Mm -hmm. much better. Um, We were to a place where he could move around by himself. He could do the chores at the place he was working at by himself. Um, and we said, well, let's, let's take a trip in the car so we can make sure you can drive. Right. Yeah. 
Um, we get in the car and he can't even stand to sit in the car. Mm-hmm. So if he can't stand to be a passenger in the car, there's no way he's driving this car. Um, so Carlos, my mom and I had a conversation and the plan was for me to stay one more night. I'd already stayed one night. Um, but if I stayed one more night, then I could drive him to the chiropractor in the morning and then drive us both home. Um, the problem is, is that part never happened. Mm-hmm. That part never happened. I woke up in the morning to Carlos yelling, did anybody try to call Marky? That was the first thing I heard that morning. So this was Friday morning. This is Friday morning, February 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he apparently was on the phone with my brother, I believe. Um, the house was on fire. That's what we're told. We know that the house is on fire. We don't know what else is going on. Um, both of us had apparently missed a phone call from the state police because our phones go on, do not disturb. And so we missed that phone call. So he's calling the state police back. He's told to stay where he is, Mm -hmm. that they were coming to him. Um, but they didn't know that I was with him. And they didn't tell me what was going on either. So like, I I had no clue. They said, stay where you are. Yeah. And they were very, um, demanding as like address and, and where, and, uh, authoritative like yeah. they, they had to do what they had to do yeah and that was before i spoke to her brother so i didn't even know that the house was on fire mm-hmm. so in my head i'm going oh you know they, they forget to pay like a ticket are they coming to arrest me like <laughs> come in to arrest me you know what's going on you know and um that's when i look at my phone and i see that her brother voxed me um the used boxer and just said hey when you get this give me a call so i give him a call and that's when i find out that hey the house is on fire and that's where I lost it. And so you know. at that point, um, the state police did not tell me to stay. No. <laughs> so I did what any parent would do at that point. My kids and my mom are in that house. Yeah. I pulled on pants faster than I've ever pulled, pulled them on before in my life. I ran out the door. I slid across the ice, banged up my arm. Um, and that was, that ice was really, um, a reminder that I needed to slow down because, um, getting into a car accident on my way up to the house yeah. would not be helpful at all. Yeah. No. So I'm on my way up to the house. I call a state police and I say, listen, I'm 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Um, but it wasn't the officers. It was the office. So they just took the information and said, okay, we'll have somebody call you back. That's what I heard. And so in the meantime, then I call his sister. I'm like, listen, he's waiting for the state police. The house is on fire. Like somebody needs to be with him. Can you go be with Carlos? Um, and then I got two phone calls from two friends that were concerned because they had seen it because they lived up there and were like, what's going on? And I actually like got really 2D with both of them because I don't know. The answer is I don't know. Um, but to rewind a little bit, because I forgot after I slid across the ice before I got in the car, I, I had tried to make a phone call to pastor. And for some reason, his, uh, his ringtone must not have worked because it went right to voicemail. Um, and so then I called you. Okay. <laughs> um, I called you a little bit after six o'clock in the morning. He did. I was sitting on my couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing my makeup to go to work. Yeah. And uh, you weren't ready for what I was telling you. No, I thought we had, in our friendship, we had just tried to make time for each other again because I had a new job and I thought, Oh look, she found time for me. (laughs) I I literally thought that I was like, Oh, we can talk now. And I answered the phone and, and I was freaking out. Yeah. And I said, listen, I need you to call everybody. Yeah. Those were, I mean, I know the everybody part was happening. Get them all up. 
Yeah. They need to pray. My house is on fire. I don't know what's going on with my mom. I don't know what's going on with my kids. They won't tell us anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like wake them all up. (laughs) Yeah. And I did. Yeah. We also got in our vehicle as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you woke me up and said, there's a fire at Marky's house. We don't know what's going on. What do we do? And I said, we're going, we get in the car. (laughs) That's what we do. We get in the car. We're going. And we did. Sometimes our brains don't do what they really need to do. (laughs) Um, Anyway. So I drive up there and this is, this is actually pretty important. The radio is playing and the song uh, smile by sidewalk profits is on. I love that smile. I love that song. I love the smile. I love that song. Um, I have not listened to it since before the tragedy um, because that is a song that I used to listen to, to wake the kids up every morning. Hmm. Um, and so I just tell Alexa to play it everywhere. Um, and so that was a fond memory. I turned it off and I turned it off and the kids' faces are flashing through my mind and my mom's face. And I'm, you know, God, what am I going to do if I lose one? Like, which one? What if it's more than one? Like, how, how do I do this? And, you know, I, I think, you know, like, why am, you know, the things, again, our brains don't always work. Yeah. Why am I driving to the house right now? Yeah. Because to be honest, if they were alive, shouldn't I have been driving to the hospital? Mm-hmm. And yet I'm driving to the house. And so I didn't realize it then, but that that's hindsight. And but maybe not even totally, because I remember very clearly that I said the words, God, please don't ask this of me. And I have gone back to those moments a million times over in my head, um, because as silly as it sounds, there was somebody else who said something very similar to that once upon a time. (laughs) He said, take this cup from me. Mm -hmm. And he said, but if you, if you're not going to not my will, but yours, Mm -hmm. you know, those words, please don't ask this of me. It wasn't, it wasn't me saying God, I'm not going to be there. If, if, if this is what I'm about to deal with, it was me saying, it was me saying, I don't want to do this. Don't make me, Yeah, you know, it was pleading. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've gone back to those moments a few times. Um, It it sounds so silly, but for those of us uh, who really know that our faith is real, when you go back to those moments, like if, if my faith wasn't real, I would have been cursing at God and screaming and, uh, and telling him that I, (laughs) that I no longer wanted to be friends, you know? Um, But instead I know that there's a possibility that I'm losing what is most precious to me in this world. And I'm saying, please, please don't ask this of me. And so when I go back to those moments, it's actually a comfort. It's actually a comfort. And I know that you've told me there was a prayer, your breath prayer. Oh, yes. I think that's important. Yes, that is important. So after the please don't ask this of me, um, I had just recently read a book. It wasn't even... It wasn't even a nonfiction book. It was actually a fiction book. Um, but the author had uh, had one of her characters like teach this breath prayer. Mm-hmm. And when you inhale, you say, I can't. Yeah. And you exhale and say, God can. And it's so, so, so powerful. And the reason it's powerful is because it stops the physical anxiety attack. Like you're stopping the panic attack in its tracks. Yeah. And you're acknowledging the fact that the emotions are way too much for you, but that God is a million times bigger. Yeah. So after you had had all those thoughts, 
That's the breath you took. Yeah. And then you turned onto your road. Yes. So I uh, drove up to, to my road and there was obviously a uh, roadblock. Barricade. Barricade. Yep. Um, and the guy that there that was directing traffic, I told him, like, I need to get back there. That's my house. Yeah. And he said, hold on a minute. He radioed to the state police. Um, and their request was for me to drive to the Lehigh and State Police Barracks. <laughs> um, again, our brains don't always think logically, right? Um, that was the point that I lost it. I was pretty good up until then. I slammed my fist on the steering wheel and was like, no, I cannot. I need answers. I need to know what's going on. Um, Mama Bear came out and she wasn't, she wasn't being told no at this point. Um, so he radios again and I can hear him say, she's not okay to drive. Um, and meanwhile, I called Carlos back because I wanted to update him as to what's going on. Um, but I didn't have to. Yeah. You want to share? Uh, yeah. So, uh, when Marky left, um, the apartment the way she did, um, I was told to go, you know, wait for the, wait for the state police. Now the place I worked at was gated. So I knew I couldn't wait inside. So, I made my way outside, um, didn't know how long it was going to take. Um, and, you know, you have a bunch of questions going on in your head, like, what's going on? Are, are they okay? Are they in the hospital? What's everything? And um, so anyways, I make it out, out there. I'm sitting uh, by the gate, and uh, I'm, I'm panicking, you know. I'm you know, praying, saying, God, you know, please let everything be okay. You know, I, you know don't don't take the kids you know it's similar to what marky said it's, it's the one thing that i was like you know don't ask this of me you know I, ca I can't and um as i'm praying uh the thought comes in my head oh you have cameras in the house you know and uh and i said oh that's right i forgot i do you know and so i'm like do i really want to pull this up and see it and a lot of me said no, but the my brain said, "Well, you need to find out what's going on." So I pulled a, I pulled a, I pulled out the uh, my phone, started looking, and the first camera, it was normal. Uh, her mom was going to the bathroom. Nothing. I was like, "Okay, that was ten o'clock." Then I pull up uh, the second one. Well, not the second one, but the next. The next feed, which is the boys' room. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. It was 10 o'clock on February 10th 10, at night. At night, yes. Yeah. And uh, so I pull up the, the feed in the kids' rooms. They had two cameras because they had bunk beds, a uh, three-bed three bunk bed. Um, so I needed one for the top, which Caleb slept on, and then the other two, uh, the one camera faced the, the two younger ones. So I pull that up. It, uh, it's a 12 second clip. So I'm like, oh, okay, this will, I'll be able to tell what's going on in 12 seconds or at least get an idea. So I play it and I don't, I don't see anything um, other than just uh, not, I don't want to say a blank screen, but it's just cloudy, cloudy, you know? And I'm like, okay, my head's like, it makes sense, you know, fire, smoke. And um, towards the end of the video, I hear, Christian crying, and uh, and uh, and Casper let out a really um, 
desperate, desperate scream. Um, and, uh, I didn't know what to make of it. You know, at the time I was like, Oh, they're, they're alive. You know, you try to stay positive. So I'm going, okay, maybe they're in the hospital. And, uh, so I, I, I look at the, the other cameras and camera, uh, there's nothing on Catherine's camera, no video. There's nothing in the playroom camera, no video. Um, but, it, but the app said everything was still online. So I'm going, okay, the, the how, I mean, if the cameras are still there, it can't be that bad. So, I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Mind you, I'm still waiting for the cops. Um, and, uh, Marky calls me. She's on her way. She hasn't reached the house yet. And I say, "Hun, I don't get this. You know, why are they telling us anything? You know, you know." Uh, in my head, I'm going, I, "Maybe we lost all of them." And she goes, "No, you know, don't say that. You know, they could be in the hospital. We don't know that." And I'm like, "You know, okay, you're right. You're right." You know. And um, I hang up with her. And uh, you know, I'm I'm praying. You know crying, praying, because at this point, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm about to be told. And uh, I see the the state trooper's car pull up. And uh, the best way I can describe it is, uh, if you guys ever watched those war movies where the, uh, I don't even know what they are, but when they come to the parents to yeah. tell them that your, your son has passed away, that's exactly exactly what like i was the body watching language yeah the way that the cop pulled in uh the way he got out of the car um i was when i saw him i already knew um he didn't even have to say anything to me i could see it in his eyes and uh as he got closer all i said was did anybody make it And he said, no, and turned away from me and started to cry. And then he came back and said, I'm so sorry. He goes, I have young ones too. I don't even know what to say. And uh, I lost it. Um, you know, I at that point I knew that uh, life was different, you know. Um, and... Uh, Marky calls up again. Now, now she's calling me up to update me, and um, and uh, you know, I'm saying, "Hun, where are you? Are you, you know, what's going on?" And you know, I can hear that she's panicking, and you know, I go, "Are you driving?" And she goes, "No." And so I look at the cop and I say, "Is it okay if I tell her?" And he says, "If you think she's fine, go ahead." So then I tell Marky, I just say, "Hun, nobody made it," and uh, and you want to you want to talk about feeling defeated. I thought, you know, that depression was bad. You know, I thought the uh, the marriage stuff that we were going through was bad. But after I heard what I heard, and it actually sunk in, I, uh, my body, my body just went limp. Um, I had no purpose. 
uh, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do, you know. And um, so you were still at the house. I was, at the apartment. I was still at the apartment. The cops hadn't. They didn't even try moving me yet. Um, I was pretty much just sitting there, crying, screaming, and. Uh, when you got that call from Carlos, were you at the police? Um, I had actually yeah. called him to update him. I was still yeah. waiting at the barricade. Yeah. I was still waiting at the barricade. And so Carlos was the one that told me that they were all gone. And just to go to the uh, police barracks. We were, we were currently driving on the way there. We were. On the way to our house. On the way to your house. And yeah. um, Jerry was with Jerry us. Was with us yeah. And she, I guess she got the phone call of confirmation. Yeah, from... From someone I'm she I'm not knows. sure who. Someone she knew, uh, Zach, yeah. her son-in-law, or soon-to-be son-in-law, yeah. um, was a fire. Was on the fire department, and he got he news got of what happened and told her. And of course, yeah, our whole was, car burst into tears. She was uncontrollably crying, weeping. and I was like, "You have to calm down. Tell me what's going on. Like, you need to speak. Use your words." I'm sorry for being so like blunt with you, Jerry, but I just needed to know like what. And she just shouted out, "They're gone!" Yeah. And we just all lost it. And then, of I, course, I said, "I'm not going to believe it until you told me." That's what I said. I said, "I'm not going to believe it until Marky tells me." I don't, I'm not going to believe it until Marky tells me. And then I called you, you did. on the way to the state police barracks because they finally realized that I could not drive. Yeah. And the state police officer, he was very nice, <laughs> very <laughs> nice. Um, but he came and picked me up at the barricade and drove me to the barracks. Um, and I believe on that trip, I called you and I called Pastor. Um, and uh, and I told you, but like you said, you already knew. Yeah. Um, I think what's crazy to me still is I was legit the last one to know, you know, uh, we both slept through it. Mm-hmm. My brother and well, actually my cousin was the first one to see, he saw it on the news. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we, he sees it on the news at like two o'clock in the morning and he's going over to wake my brother up. Oh, wow. Um, and then they're trying to figure out how to get in touch with us because they didn't know where we were. Mm-hmm. They honestly weren't sure if I was inside the house right. because they didn't know that I had stayed with Carlos. Yeah. Um, so part of the issue day of is that they weren't sure which bodies they had because the description of my mom obviously did not fit me, who was the owner of that house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so then we all end up at the state police barracks. Uh, The officers that were with Carlos drove him. The officer that picked me up drove me. Um, I get there and my cousins are already there. My brother's already there. I think that was it. We were um, there by that time. There. Not yet. No, no we guys, were there. We beat Carlos. Yeah. When I you got beat, You beat Carlos, but you didn't beat me. Yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, true. Not that it's a competition, really. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, we got to, I mean, it's good to laugh. Yeah, it's hard. It's good to laugh. Anyway, so we get there, and we're all just in shock and numb. Um and there's no way to describe those moments because Job was the conversation. Job, Job. was definitely the conversation. That yes. Was, yes. You and I had that conversation. It was like, that's yeah. what came to mind right away was like, everything is gone. Everything. Mm-hmm. everything. 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 And I think, 
still yet, what amazed me is more and more people just kept filling up this tiny little state police oh, barracks yeah. <laughs> in that little bitty room. That and little bitty room. And there, there was nothing anybody could do. No. There was nothing anybody could do. No. So let's talk about, you know, Job for a minute. I mean, his friends came and sat with him for seven days, right? Yeah. And they just sat with him while he mourned. That was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, later was not so much. My friends are so much better, for the record. Curse God. So much better. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, those those moments, um, the police were amazing. Yeah. Uh, coffee came from places. Water came from places. Yeah. Donuts the came donuts. from places. Obviously, I don't remember where half of it came from. I was shivering because I had left the house in a little light sweatshirt and a blanket was around my shoulders. Um and the cops asked us questions. We answered to the best of our ability. Um, yeah. were was able to get them the video that Carlos was talking about. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty much all that could be done there. Um, I mean, immediately, um, you guys were like, give me your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I remember, I mean, I want to talk about that for a second. It was in your lap and it had rang once and you answered. And you have to say what happened. And then you put it down. See, I don't even remember that. You did. (laughs) You put it down and then it rang again. And then I just looked at you and you answered actually twice. And then you put it down and then you got the text after text after text. And I finally was like, give me your phone. And I took your watch. (laughs) (laughs) I took, I took your phone and, um, I went outside in the cold and answered your phone pretty much the whole time we were at the barracks from that point. I passed you off to Shane and Jerry and was like notifying most people. Yeah. As the phone rang. And and we could not have done that job Mm -hmm. clearly because I don't even remember those moments. You were numb. Yeah. You were completely numb. You were just staring at it and you were just, you were so numb. I mean, because you don't... You don't prepare for that. There's, there's no, no, nothing there's in the no world preparing. will prepare you for that. And until you go through it, you don't really know how you're going to react. You know, like Marky said, a lot, a lot of us think, "Oh, we're gonna, you know, curse God." And why, you know, why, why'd you do this? And um, I had that moment where I, I wanted to, and um, I, I looked up, I looked up at the sky, and I was about to say, like, "Why? Why did you do the one thing that?" I asked you, I couldn't handle. And before I could even think the words to say, um, I could already feel it that I was, I was, I was about to yell at the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So I went from looking up to going, no. And I looked down and I said, it's your fault. You know, and uh, here's the beginning of the spark of anger. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's when the anger <laughs> took over. Cause I'm going, it's yeah. your fault. You did this. Yeah. This wasn't God. You stole. Yeah. yeah. Stole everything from us. Everything. You know? Um, that was just the first spark, though, because, yeah. like, to your point, we were pretty numb. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we do want to be careful here because um, God is way big enough to handle our emotions. Mm-hmm. So just because we say why, that's not a problem. No. Even if we curse God, like, <laughs> that's. Like he has big shoulders. He has big shoulders. You're not going to hurt his feelings. Right. Right. He can handle all of it. But it brings us comfort to know that in those moments, we recognize that, that he was still bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so leaving, leaving the state police barracks, uh, Gina actually drove 
Carlos and I home mm-hmm. and in the middle of driving home she's getting messages what size clothes do they wear <laughs> I had your phone and I was, yeah. we, we came here so everybody came here mm-hmm. to the to our house we're, we're sitting in our house right now um and we came because our kids didn't know yeah. our kids were asleep and so and we didn't tell them anything when we left we they were asleep we left them asleep. We, yeah we didn't want to tell them anything we, we didn't we know if there. everything was fine <laughs> yeah so i think it was actually you guys that were like we'll bring it back to my house and i'm like you guys have the kids i think i was actually the one yeah. that was like how are you going to tell them in that little bit of time? <laughs> we did. It, it was like, I I'm the, I have to pay for their counseling um, for the rest <laughs> of their life um, for how fast we had to tell them. Um, because y'all were walking in. Listen, to be real, to be real, everybody who is close to the situation needs counseling. Yeah. So I, you would yeah. have had to pay for their counseling. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I mean, so we woke up. Um, Hold our kids very quickly and they were like and clean the house because the whole church and everybody in the whole world is coming to our home yeah. right now <laughs> and our house was clean but andrew like, was yeah. numb at first yeah. and destiny of course just burst into tears well destiny and she's in the middle of cleaning and picking up and just weeping and it but, was... i mean some history destiny hung out with my kids yeah all the time hang out with our kids all the time yeah i mean we homeschool y'all homeschool and and so we got destiny 14. out of this house yeah. by letting her hang out with my kids yeah. and she could help watch them for a minute so that I could get more done. Yeah. It worked out really well for both parties involved. Yeah. And her <laughs> and Catherine were really, yes. really close. They were little as much as, as much as you can be at for four, two days or something. They can handle about two nights maybe because they were both very stubborn. Listen, I think after one, there was, okay, a, there was you're an right. issue. Um, <laughs> you're right. Then they would beg for the second one and we're like, ah. uh, can we handle the second yeah. one? <laughs> right. Right. So it was the hit and the impact um, still to this day on, on the 14 year old heart and brain. Um, that was hard. So we came back here. So what y'all don't know is I had friends getting food. I had already texted and put like the, hey, get food. Um, hey, I need you to come. Hey, I need you to bring this. Hey, I need you to bring that. And again, the sizes we were, I was like, what's your size? It, people were asking your size and Carlos, I'm pointing at Carlos yeah. and, and um, what do you need? And at that point you, Everything. I mean, if we're honest, it was a... So it's a little bit of a weird situation because he was living at the farm. So he had a lot of his stuff. And so really it was my stuff. I had nothing. Yeah. Um, I had the one set of clothes that I was wearing and technically there was one more back at his place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. We're talking, you know, toothbrush deodorant i remember saying to you i never put deodorant on today do you have deodorant and i did because we <laughs> buy need a toothbrush <laughs> we buy our stuff at sam's so we had an extra toothbrush and we had an extra i remember we had, a, we had a couple people during that time that were thinking for us and oh, saying absolutely. hey do they have this absolutely do they have this do they, instead of saying what hey do what do you need, need? because we don't know yeah uh, i mean but them suggesting things brought it to mind and that yeah. was so helpful it was rachel and she was amazing yeah she yeah. did it she did amazing at helping yeah. us remember things i mean praise god so this is this is the crazy thing and i know i'm saying that in the middle of losing our children but the reality is is when you surround yourself 
with crazy people. There's a really awesome <laughs> casting crown song that I wish I could start seeing right now if it wasn't a podcast. Um, <laughs> um, but it's about, it's about the church. It's about being the church. It's about all of us doing our job as the body of Christ and loving on each other. And when you surround yourself and those are the people that you love and want to be around you, um, when they really kick into action, they kick into action because all they're trying to do as I'm going to like cry again, but these are happy tears. um, All they want to do is love us. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it was. It's mission. The world just ended for our family. We need to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. And we set up um, here at the house and people came and people came and people came. Mm-hmm. You cried your contacts out, Marky. I did. I did cry my contacts out. And um, we got on the phone. And we, <laughs> oh, I think, and actually, I think, I think, Gina, I think Gina was the one that, that made the Gina. magic happen there. She did. Um, she was like, listen, yeah. my friend just lost everything yeah. and I need her to be able to see. Yeah. <laughs> they got them same day. Like, it yes. was very, very cool. Yeah. Pocono Eye Care was totally on top yeah. of that. Yeah. And they donated them, which was even. Yeah. 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 Financially. Yeah. 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 And so just everybody jumped in to take care of us. Your family showed up, Carlos. Well, yeah. Because I told them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I actually had to tell my sister to turn around because the cops were already there. And um, I told her. And then uh, I guess she told my brother because my brother called me and I confirmed with him. And And everybody. I mean, I'm not as uh, I don't have a lot of contacts. No, but your family uh, but, yes. clearly I'm the social one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So let's just let's just make that up. Yeah. You know? yeah, I think I think the whole the church showed up um yeah physically here mm-hmm. on that Friday. Um the, every member, every single person uh, yeah. walked in those doors and and nobody brought food. Here's what's and, really cool. Nobody said they're in a better place. Not a single person yeah. said that that day. Yeah. Um, and because honestly, we would have wanted to level them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody said that. Everybody did what the body of Christ is called to do. And that's just sit with. It was quiet. Yes. Surprisingly, for that many people being in this house, it was quiet. Yeah. I, I mean, we were like hip to hip to hip sitting on your couch yes. and you have a big I have couch, a big, big wrap around yeah. couch. I do. But we're all hip to hip to hip and a few of us climbing in the corner just in the sitting. floor and in this room in the dining room where we're sitting now and every chair was full and the floor was full. And yeah. And we had and we had like tackle sessions where, you know, it'd be one person's moment to experience their emotions overwhelming and we would just all huddle around yeah, them and tackle them and, and just yeah. bear hug them until it was over and then it would be somebody else's turn yeah and that continued saturday as well yeah and i think too what's really cool is with all the with all the church showing up like pastor just went over to the church and he, all of a sudden there's a coffee maker walking in your front door he walked in with this big co- commercial like, i need somewhere to put this it was a commercial coffee maker big giant silver ones with like multiple pots and like yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think those are, those are some of the really cool things that have, that have come out of this. Yeah. Um, the, the first one we experienced was the crazy people body of Christ side of things. Yeah. That was the first one we experienced. Yeah. Um, yeah. so to continue, I guess we're, we're on the Saturday, right? Yeah. We're on Saturday. Okay. 
Um, so then Saturday was, was more of Friday. Lots of, lots and lots of people visiting, lots of people bringing food. It pretty much didn't stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we set up the GoFundMe on Saturday. We did. We did. Um, pastor's wife sat at my dining room table and said, we need to go fund me. Everybody's asking where to give money. I need you to sit down and you do that right now. And um, I had to scroll through pictures mm-hmm. to find. To put on the page. To put on the page. And I just remember just bawling and scrolling and bawling and scrolling. Um, you were in the other room. You don't even know. But uh, just just crying and scrolling and, and found the now famous <laughs> <laughs> picture that's hanging on my wall um of the kids in uh, that car yeah uh, i think i put it on your facebook page i don't even know how all four of them fit in that car <laughs> that's like the smaller one too but there's smiles so every single one well, because them. because i was because they were all four in there i remember taking that picture and i had to do like I think I told them to say booger snots. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> kid smile. <laughs> I believe you. Their smiles um, just so big. So I created the GoFundMe and I said, and I, you know, just you lost everything. The, the least you don't need to worry about money right now. Like there, there was just no need. And again, we had people going, where do we give? Where do we give already? Yeah. So we did create that yeah. Saturday. Um, and I mean, this is fast forwarding a lot. Um, we'll go back in a second, but without that GoFundMe, like, uh, because of the amount of work that was on us to take care of with all of this stuff, yeah. um, I had to cut down a part-time. Yeah. And so we, we no longer <laughs> could have a mortgage. And so without that GoFundMe, we'd be in a, in a really mm-hmm. rough place right now. Yeah. We'd be in a really rough place, mm-hmm. place right now. So we're yeah. so grateful for that. Yes. Um, so that was Saturday. I think that that was pretty much Saturday. Yeah. Um, Sunday, um, things happen as, as they always do. The devil is just really, really, really out to get people. You know, he didn't like that I was a pastor and he didn't like, uh, that Carlos was finally ready to come home and he was well, and that our kids were growing up and knowing Jesus. And so he does what he always does. And, you know, it's crazy to me because, I told you the first thing that I noticed was how the body of Christ surrounded us, right? Yeah. So we're being knocked down and we're getting back up because we have these amazing people in our lives. So what does the devil do? But he whispers lies of deceit and dishonesty and discord into people. It's crazy how he does that. And, you know, it is not something that we, we have to respond to. Um, And I mean, to be clear, there's no manual on how to handle all of this mess. None like, there's no manual that says, None of it. hey, by the way, this is what you do when somebody loses, you know, you don't even know what to do when somebody loses one child. No. Let alone when all of a sudden, you know, somebody you love loses everything. Yeah. Their kids, their parents, their house, everything. And so when people are just trying to do the best that they can, they're never going to be perfect because they're people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the church can't be perfect because it's made of people. Yeah. And so what happened is the devil's like, I know how to get them. And he sowed those, those seeds of dishonesty and discord. And it was on the verge of blowing up in a, in a, in a big way. Um, and the crazy thing about that is we are two days past losing everything 
that we've ever loved. And now instead of focusing on grief and mourning and how to move on, we have to go and do damage control. Mm-hmm. It was, it was so hard. Um, it was so big, but again, so we've got throughout the story, we've got devil, God, devil, God, devil, God, but God all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and clearly God as a, um, sovereign being, sorry, my brain just totally did, did a brain part, um, could have, could have stopped it. And so that's something we have to wrestle with even today. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a later podcast. Um, but so we did the devil part, but here's the God part. Um, it's crazy because throughout the Bible, when somebody experiences something awful, their response is worship. Mm-hmm. David and Bathsheba lose their first son and he mourns and he doesn't eat for seven days and he prays and then his son dies and his advisors are like afraid to tell him (laughs) because what is he going to do if this is what he did when he was alive? And he changes his clothes. He washes up and he goes to the temple to worship. This is what he does. That's what David did. Mm -hmm. That's what Joseph did. That's what all of our biblical heroes did. And it's not like we were sitting here thinking, oh, what would Moses do? Or what would Joseph do? Or what would David do? But we just got so angry. So that little spark that we were talking about earlier, it went from like this little tiny thing to we were like, we were raging, like just insane. Yes. Raging. Like we were, we were so done. We're like, listen, you messed with us. You stole everything. And now that we're trying to, to heal. Yeah. You're going to mess with our people too? Yeah. <laughs> so church got canceled that morning. We're like, we still need to worship. Well, there happens to be a benefit when you're living in the worship pastor's house. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even think we said that, but yeah. on Friday, uh, it, Jess was just like, you're staying here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ended up living with them. Um, and so anyway, um, we were like, we need to worship. And Jess, you must have thought like that we were just going to worship or something. So she's like, okay, we'll worship. And at some point I said, no, we're going like Facebook live. (laughs) I was thinking Shane's going to play some songs. We're going to sing. We're going to, we're going to worship. And you're like Facebook live. Well, I had no makeup on. (laughs) I was in my pajamas guys. And my hair was not done. And if you know me, that's not something I do. We've talked about this a little bit. If you have to go back to the authentic (laughs) podcast where she's trying to tell us how authentic she is with her fake nails and her fake hair and her, her her eyebrows, feel free to do that. I love you. I love you too. Um, anyway, so, but that really is how authentic she is. She, she didn't care about the, that in, no, in, in not those in that moments. Moment, yeah. um, and I think the other thing we didn't mention too is we had like five different families who either flew or drove in mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. just to love on us. And again, there's nothing anybody can do. No. So they're flying in to yeah. sit with us, yeah. right? That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and your family... We're one of those flew in them. So now we're living in your house and they're also here. (laughs) I don't even know how many people were in that house. Like nine or 10 people. (laughs) Um, But they're all just here to love on us. And so it was, it was good. Like they, they each served a purpose. Well, yeah, because you're now running my life with my phone. Yes. And I think at that point, Shane even had Carlos's phone. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we needed people to be like, let's go get food. Yes. No, we need to take care of destiny right now. Yeah. Or no, we I need was to like, give. Take care of my children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so this this was like absolutely everybody it jumped communal. in. It was communal. It was right. very, very danger to work. Like it, it was, was the yeah. body of Christ. Yeah. yeah, it was what we do. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, we went live on Facebook. Yes, we did, and we worshipped with some of the kids' favorite songs. Yes. Yeah, and my mom's favorite song. And listen, we got back at that devil, guys, because yeah. here's what happened from that video. To date, I recently just spoke at a retreat, and I had to look up the stats. We're at 14,000 views wow. on that Facebook Live video. That's wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, 14,000 wow. views. And, uh, I mean, that was the beginning of sharing our story. Yeah. Yeah. In the end of it... Um, the end, if you watch all the way through the video, um, Marky thought she had, we thought Marky had stopped it. She thought she had stopped. <laughs> she says, you're we're okay. And we all just burst into tears. And, and everybody lost it. And um, talk about raw. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I we were all blubbering fools. Feel free to go back and watch it. We oh have, gosh, there's nothing left to hide. Yeah, like, you, you guys just recently reposted it for those who yeah, listen to the, to the podcast, so they can they can. So if, if you're listening today and you haven't heard it yet or yeah. watched it yet, go back to the previous post from Raw's podcast on yeah. Facebook, and it's there. And you can see it. Yeah, it. I, I think that was such a raw moment. Um, and it's important to know, like, hey, we didn't mean to show the world that, but we did. Yeah, it was just a response. Yeah. It was, I am tired of you, devil. Yeah. And we are going to worship God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do it for our kids. And if you watch that video, we say those things yes. in yeah. that video. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know that in the beginning, when he pulled up to the house, um, the media was there. Yeah, I didn't quite make it to the house, but yeah, at the at oh, the at barricade, the yeah. at the barricade, there was a, a when you know going back now to day of, um, there was a barricade and and there was a, a news van there, and I remember getting mad at the news van and telling them to go the heck away because yeah. I don't need this to be everybody else's news. Yeah. So that was Friday morning. Yeah. Now by Sunday morning, we're inviting everybody into your home. I mean, to be clear, <laughs> it wasn't even our home; it was your home. Um, I know you love us. It's okay. <laughs> Into your home, into the most intimate moments. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret a single moment of that worship session. Yeah. You had already on Saturday said, you know, if we can, if Jesus, if God can win, and if if the name of Jesus can get out through this, that's what I want. So you had already on Saturday been like talk to the media. So you had shift, but yeah. then they got word with the video. Yeah. Yeah. So they got word with the video. Um, and that was Sunday. And now by Monday, somehow they got a hold of my phone number um, and you had actually left the house for a little bit to take care of something. So I actually had my phone. She had her phone. <laughs> I wasn't holding it hostage. I know, right? No. Um, and I think they texted me because if it was a phone call, I was like, yeah. I wouldn't have picked up. So he, he had called and then he had texted. Um, and I finally took the call when he called back again. And I remember saying, well, what kind of story do you want to run? Because if I have to relive the tragedy that I've lived the past two days, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but he said, no, we want to talk about how the community is coming around you and supporting you guys. And I'm like, that story we can tell. Yeah. yeah. Actually, technically, I think I told him, hold on a minute. And I talked to Carlos and yeah. he said that story, that story we can tell. Yeah. Um, so by Monday morning now, we're meeting over at church mm -hmm. in the room that we had worship in. Yeah. 
Um, and that video is also available. Uh, I'm sure it's available somewhere, but it's a 69 news video that you guys can, I'm sure you can pop up. Listen, my name is famous. If yeah. you type in Marky Ribera and fire, it'll all pop up. Yeah. And the GoFundMe actually has those links. Yeah. It's still out mm -hmm. there and it has all the links on there for all the news. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, and then you stayed here for three weeks. I do want to say, Mark, when I said to stay here, Carlos, um, Shane and I had talked. And I don't even think he knows us yet. Shane and I had talked, and um, we were like, where can they stay? Where can they stay? And I looked at Shane, and we were talking about you needed a godly man. After everything you had walked through, you need someone to sit next to you who loved God and could walk it through you with, walk through it with you. And we we went over the different people who had said, stay with me, stay with me. And no, none of them had that in their home. And I looked at Shane and I said, they have to stay here. They have to stay here. And I looked at Marky and I said, y'all have to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> y'all have to stay here. And it was because of you. Yeah. It was because you needed that man. Yes. yes, I did. You needed Shane. That's right. And that, and watching, um, it's not in the notes, but watching you and Shane and, and Andrew during, <laughs> during, during that three weeks, during that three weeks, moments, just seeing God being together and yeah. talking about the Lord and in the midst of everything that was going on, it, yeah. just some powerful times. And I think that even with everything else that you've gone through mm -hmm. with the depression and then more loss and then more loss and then the, the tragedy in February, um, being with you in those moments for me was such an honor. Like I felt privileged to be a part of it. You know, uh -huh. uh, I mean, it wasn't about me. It was about being present for the hardest moment you'll ever go through. Hopefully. And I was thankful. I was thankful <laughs> I had you there because <laughs> if you weren't there, I couldn't have done anything. I mean, I, I still remember uh, when I had to go back to the farm yeah. to get my stuff because uh, I didn't bring any clothes or anything. And, uh, and me and Andrew went with you. Yeah. yeah. And I broke down. Yeah. I broke down. Remember the first time. Oh, yeah. And um, I mean, I got easier uh, as we kept going back. But if, if you guys weren't there, it was Christian's jacket. It was, it was, it was, no, it was uh, Casper's gloves. Glove. Oh, there was the gloves. Yes. Oh, yeah. And as you said, you remembered helping him put put those on just, just a couple days a couple ago. Days before. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So yeah. that's why. That's why there was the insist because <laughs> it was like you know they you needed yeah you needed some stability and a, and a godly man absolutely and being at that at the farmhouse was not really viable no. at that point oh not at all no no y'all didn't need to be alone no 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 way yeah no, I we didn't even drive, drive. we yeah. didn't even drive for what how many days did it take us to drive anywhere yeah we would just Over ask a week. it was a week yeah. and a half it was like a week and a half we would just ask we, we were like can you drive now can and we, drive now? we drove you to the chiropractor yeah. and uh, everything else carlos's sister yeah. drove us to a few places yeah. because we're yeah. yeah 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 As a matter of fact on friday we drove you to the chiropractor yeah yes yep yeah yeah i know that um as the weeks came from there. Um, I don't know how much you remember, how much of a blur all of that was. And there was the memorial service. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the other really cool thing that the church like worked for us essentially that whole week. Um, you know, <laughs> it's crazy to me 
again, because all everybody did was take care of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People took off work yeah. and, and just sat here in this house and, and like you said, went and got food and ran errands and, and did whatever was needed to be done. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to share about what God's done since those, that time that you want to make sure is uh, in this podcast? I mean, I know in the midst of everything, like after, after the memorial and everything, um, the victories for us were the stories that we got of people that uh, kind of came back to Christ because of everything. Oh, and you're right. I mean, the video, now that you yeah. say that, the video, so many testimonies yeah. of and people watching that. Yeah, I mean, I actually, so when I married Marky, um, yeah, anyways, when I married Marky, um, uh, I was good friends with the waitress that, uh, that, um, that pretty much took care of the party. But uh, I didn't. The engagement party, he means. Yeah, the engagement party. <laughs> that's what I meant. And uh, I, you know, after after the engagement party, I didn't, you know, I didn't speak to her. I didn't keep, really keep in contact. And I find my sister calls me up and she goes, "Hey, do you remember so and so?" I go, "Yeah." And she's like, uh, "Well, she's on her way here." Wow. And I go, "What are you talking about?" And she told me. She goes, uh, "You know, she was going through a tough time, um, but when she saw the video and saw what we were going through, she she's like, if they can go and worship." in the middle of everything they've gone through, yeah. I, there's, there's no excuse for me. Yeah. And she started to praise and worship with us in the video. And she came from Texas, <laughs> um, flew all the way over here and spent a couple of days with us and just, you know, said, thank you that, you know, we changed her life. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And people came from everywhere for that yeah. memorial service. Yeah. There were counselors from uh, from the camp that uh, that Catherine had gone to and I was a director at. Yeah. Um, they came. One of them came all the way from Virginia. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking about a college student. They don't have money to right. go into the gas tank to be like, let me drive here. Yeah. You know? Um, and so people people near and far, our, our doctor was there. Yeah. Like, all, like, everybody, everybody was like, I don't know how you do this. So what everybody did was they showed up, you know? And I think, like we said, the first thing that really hit us was that the church, the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. crazy people. Like we need to be those crazy people. Cause if Job had friends, like we have friends. It would have been a different story. (laughs) Yeah. It totally would have been a different story. The second, the second thing would definitely be like to not let the devil win. Like the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And clearly he did all of those things that night. Um, And I don't think we talked about this yet, but I told you guys that we didn't know until, until the morning of the 11th, it was over before midnight on the 10th for my kids and mom. Yeah. Uh, our kids and mom. I always, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's not like, yeah. no, it's all good. <laughs> no, and, and I think um, also that your mom um, oh, yeah. would still oh, be. Yes. Alive. So um, that is absolutely, that's in the 69 news video. But um, the crazy thing is, is my mom's bedroom was in the basement. Um, all three dogs were found in the basement perfectly fine and carried out the window of the basement. Yeah. Um, and they're still alive today. Yeah, Zeke is on my foot right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but what my mom was found upstairs. And so the crazy thing is, is my mom literally walked through fire yes. for our kids. Yes. She will be a hero forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. because she'd still be here 
if she hadn't walked through fire for those kids. She was the only one there was even cause to do CPR on. So my guess is by the time she got back to the kids, they were already gone. Yeah. That would be my guess. Um, and then she didn't, she didn't make it, but to, to literally walk through fire, like she had to have been in pain and clearly only thinking about her love for those children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also let, let me just throw in there that any grandmother who went through something like that would not have wanted to come out of that yeah. would not have wanted to survive. Yeah. Um, so she got to usher them into the gates of heaven and, and that is a beautiful picture in my mind when I can, when I can repaint that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, people brought cards and, and in the days after and donations and the cards didn't stop. The mail was nonstop. There was mail coming to here. There was mail coming to church. I'm sure there was mail coming from other places. Um, but there was just stuff coming from everywhere. We got boxes delivered with, with picture books in it, like candles, remember those candles, candles. um, Carlos and I were able to go to Lancaster. (laughs) Well, Um, that's one thing I also wanted to say is like, uh, the community itself where we're at, yeah. all came together yeah. where, you know, it didn't matter what sect, what religion, who you were or anything. It's just everybody. I mean, we, I ran into a complete stranger at one store. And she um, gave you a gift card. Yeah. And she, just, <laughs> and she literally came I up to me. On the news. <laughs> well, yeah, she was, no, she came up to me and she goes, look, um, I know you don't know me, but I know what you went through. And I just want to say, I'm sorry and give you this. And she gave me a $25 gift card. Yeah. And I was just like, Okay, th- you know, thank you. I gave her a hug. I started to cry, but I'm, in my head, I'm going, "Who does that? Yeah. You don't see that. You don't see that in the news." Yeah. You and, know, and you know, she's not the only one. No. Oh, no. speaking of the news, I think there's a very good thing that I need to throw in here. Yeah, listen, we love that the news articles ran, and yeah. I clearly say that my mom ushered the kids into heaven. But I will tell you that I said the name Jesus. How many times a do you think lot. I said Jesus, Shane? Like- I don't know, 15, 20. Like it was intentional easily, yes. and they cut them like all out. I don't know if there was even one left. That's okay. It's on here. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I think one of the biggest things guys is, is since all of this, Carlos and I have a, a few times been like, like, I just want to go home. Yeah. And when we say home, we don't mean the house that burnt down. Clearly Mm-mm. we want to go to heaven because that's where our kids and our mom is and right. his mom mm-hmm. is and my dad is and and others as well and i say that not because we're in a situation where we're going to hurt ourselves and, no. and carlos has grown way out of that the depression yeah. is the depression is nearly a thing of the past yeah. and he will always have to fight it yeah but it is well well i don't even know if i want to use the word controlled because controlled sounds like a thing that would cause depression so <laughs> Um, sounds like something you could actually accomplish. And I don't think it's him that accomplished it. I right. think God did a work in him yes. Yes, absolutely. in the midst of this whole thing to, to turn him around. Yes. It's just, it's crazy to me. And, and to be honest, everybody else too, because everybody's first question is when they see me, how is Carlos? Mm-hmm. Because they're not really just asking how Carlos is doing. They are, right. they are clearly, but what they really want to know is, are you and Carlos? Okay. Yes. Is your marriage going to make it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because neither of us have once blamed each other for any of this stuff. Um, and we never, we never will. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. we're going to come out stronger on yeah. the, on the other side, put the blame where it belongs. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question is how many of our listeners are going to fight with us? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
All right, so um, now you have listened to the full um, story about what has happened in Marky and Carlo's life. And um, I think that it's important that we take a moment and um, just, let's just do Marky's breath prayer. So it's breathe in, I can't. I can't. Breathe out, God, God can. can. Yeah, this, uh, obviously with listening to this story there's there's a lot of pain that has been endured and you know if uh, I, I i could just pray but i don't think i should just pray in this moment because the whole prayer that marky and carlos have had through this whole ordeal is that god be glorified yeah and that people come to know him through it yeah um and so if you're listening to this and you have no idea who this Jesus that we're talking about is and want to know how to find peace. And yeah, they're still walking through the struggle, still walking through the journey, but they found that place of peace and joy, knowing that one day they'll see them again. If you don't have that assurance, um, I would like to invite you right now to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And that a lot of churches will say that you say a, a prayer and you know repeat after me i'm not going to do that um, what i'm going to say is if if that is your desire then just make this simple statement that god i know that i'm not enough to get me to heaven and that jesus is and i'm going to put my trust and my hope in him and by making that statement and believing that in your heart you have from this point, from this moment on, you have become a part of the the crazy people that Marky was talking about, the family of God. And so I wanna pray for those who've listened uh, to this story and uh, for those who may have just met Christ for the first time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, the people who have, who have come along with us on this journey to hear what happened, God, how it went down, Lord, the, the uh, impact that it's had on Marky and Carlos's life and their journey, God. I pray that as people have listened to this, God, that you would reveal to them your goodness, God, that you are a good God, that you don't take away, God, that you didn't take these children from them, God, you didn't take their parents from them, God, but, but through the loss that was suffered, um, by the hands of the enemy, God, we can know you and your goodness uh, as the dividing line. Father, you are a good God and that we can trust in you no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, God. I pray that those who, who have been touched deeply through this, God, would come to know you in a deeper level, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that as, as we go through the rest of this journey in life uh, together, Lord, that you would help us to surround ourselves with those who love you and who can draw near to us as we draw near to you and god lord be good yeah. lord you are good and we thank you for everything you've done in jesus name i pray amen mm -hmm.